Hi, I'm Emily, founder of Doodle Moo, and this is the Doodle Moo Show. This show is for those wanting to make creativity their living, with awesome creative entrepreneur stories, chats to experts, and my own experience of doing things in my own terms. I hope you enjoy! Hi, so today I have Helen Perry, and Helen is a male marketing expert, so we will be talking all about email marketing and newsletters. So hi, Helen, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Emmy. thank you so much for having me. Oh, so nice to have you on the show. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your business and how you got into email marketing? Hello, Emmy. thank you so much for having me. I am an email marketing specialist and I tend to work with small creative businesses, artists, makers, doers, people who are often, I don't know, trying to build something new for themselves, like maybe it's their second or third career. Um, And that's kind of what I'm, that's what I'm doing as well. I was a journalist in a former life and then I had time off to be with my kids when they were really little, but I wanted to get back into doing something and I needed it to work from home and around the kids and everything. And one day I just thought, I'm just going to book on this Instagram course. And I went on an Instagram course and kind of was like, right, right, I'm going to start an Instagram account and see if I can build a following from scratch and learn all about this social media marketing thing. And I worked out that I have a bit, the skills that I had as a journalist, you can apply those to all areas of online marketing. And yeah, you really can. Like, you know, you're talking to an audience, a particular group of people, you've got to show up consistently. You've got to produce a lot of content. Um, You've got to have a, you've got to like making things, being a bit creative, learning new skills. Um, And all of that stuff came fairly naturally to me. And I also found out that that was what people wanted from me in my content. Like when I was like, I've just learned to do this. And oh, do you want to hear how I got to a thousand Instagram followers or whatever? Those were the bits I was putting out into the world that people were most interested in. So eventually I started charging people to find out what I've learned. And over the years that has become really focused on email marketing, but also I talk to people about Instagram and selling mindset, sales. I'm really, I love talking to people about how they can enjoy selling. So many people, women that I work with think they can't sell or they don't want to be salesy or they can't make that kind of difference in their business and um, helping them find out that they can. I absolutely love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I think I was one of those. I had this really (laughs) bad relationship with the word selling. And I felt really, you know, uh, really, I found it really hard to sell my work. But then I met a, I met a few people. And one lady told me that I had something of value to offer and that people are happy to pay for things that they can't make themselves and then I kind of reframed my whole it made me change my mindset about selling and now I'm like just talking excitedly about my work and then people get you know they can feel that and then they and then I'm always like I have something of value I am just exchanging it for money and people are happy to pay and then yeah it's changed completely. So that's really good that you talk about that. Yeah, it's a real I, mindset thing. I mean, I think all yeah. my, all my, probably like you, all your 
adult life, you tell yourself, oh, I can't sell. I'm not good at selling. I feel really uncomfortable about it. But if you actually just start to tell yourself a different, slightly different story, like how about people might want to know what you've got uh, and they would love they'd love it if you just explained what it is and how they can get it and how much it costs and and they would be like delighted to hear from you and that's all it is I just often start by telling people don't think of it as selling think of it as telling people about your work and then you can refine it from there but really all you're doing is communicating a message that you know that so much especially with creatives hello all the creatives listening especially (laughs) creatives this is sort of like um barrier around asking for money for what they've made or um or looking like you're going after the sale or putting yourself out there and saying yes I have this would you like to buy it makes them feel very vulnerable and uncomfortable but I promise that you you like you've got through it I've got through it anybody can get through it and sell more comfortably yeah totally and also I think that when we are creatives we are a little bit attached to our work so it kind of becomes a little bit personal so what I found is like you know if someone doesn't like it you feel like oh my god they don't like my work but what I say is also like you will also find you will always find your tribe and the people that really love your stuff and you won't be liked by everyone so I think it's important to like look at it that way as well um, yeah very definitely yeah very definitely. Also, it become, when it's your own business and your own thing it becomes very personal and you make it actually we make it too personal we're like it's all about me yes. when it's not really there's so many reasons why somebody may or may not choose to buy something at a particular moment they might not have the money to buy it at the moment it might not be the right time that there's just not the right product for them they haven't got any room to put it on their wall whatever it might be it's really very rarely got anything to do with you as a maker and we need to separate we really need to depersonalize that relationship between product and you as a person and a a mom and a friend and a you know a sister or whatever it might be somebody's decision not to buy your stuff is not about you as a person it's about lots of things um, yes you know. yeah totally and it's so good that you're a journalist because that really helps with um, creating the content like you said like I often struggle to write long captions or try to make it really nice Oh, even uh, writing blogs, I always have to give it to my husband to correct, especially because I write like I talk. So sometimes my husband's like, you can't do that. So he rewrites my um, my crazy thoughts. So it's good <laughs> to have him. But yeah, no, it's really good. And how have you found like growing your Instagram and being on Instagram? Oh, gosh, do you know, I've been having like feelings about well who doesn't have feelings about Instagram <laughs> yeah. I've been having I've been having feelings like all the feelings about Instagram the past year like a whole range of emotions and when I first opened my account um and I didn't really know where I was going with it I didn't know this was going to be the business I was going to end up having I was really just like okay so how can I go from zero to 500 followers and then a thousand followers um yeah. and, and I found that and, and you know I put a lot of energy into it and I and I did grow my following and then at the time it was a really big thing to get to 10k because then you could get those yes. links to your stories those were the days so I got to 10k and then I carried on and then lots of other elements came into my business. I've been doing a a podcast. I, you know, I'm teaching a lot. I run courses and workshops and I couldn't put the time and energy that I once had into Instagram. Uh, And then I guess, you know, my follower numbers plateaued and then we had 
2022, which was just such a weird year on Instagram. And I think everybody at one point during the past 12 months has gone like, forget this platform. I'm not interested in it anymore. Um, But actually, now this new year, I feel like it's settled down. I um, like I've actually I felt like I've had good energy around Instagram the past a few weeks month or two like I quite enjoyed creating content for it I find that when I do my best content it still connects with people I still get lots of conversation uh, and it still is undoubtedly a place where people find me and find my work and yeah I so I feel at peace with it at the moment How, how have you felt Emily yeah, no, me as well. Like you go through the love and hate relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I've obviously had to get used to reels and all of that stuff. And I'm not really good at coming on video every five seconds like some people, which I really admire that. So I'm like, OK, I have to make a video with my face on. Uh, for me, it's um, still not the most natural thing. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like, I take it like, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know, but I lost my Instagram for three months. Um, no, no, I hadn't in heard. The summer. Oh, no, yeah, what so, happened? Well, I got hacked first. And then from that hack, I, I sorted out the hack. So I, I kind of managed to get in my account and change my password. And I got back in and everything was fine. But then a week later, it disappeared. And I was like, no, no, this can't be happening because, you know, it's like my main channel. Yes. It's, it's always been so important also for like launching and just, yeah, like I have so many, I have like 27,000 followers right now. So it's quite a big, you know, a big thing. And like you, I put a lot of work at the beginning to grow it and it suddenly disappeared. And then I was so depressed. I was trying to recover and nothing was happening. And then I opened another one that I had like a little bit dormant and I tried to start doing another one. But, you know, it was like, I couldn't start from zero again. I was going to say, I just didn't have the energy. No, to find the energy to start again. I just don't think, you know, most people do that. I was so deflated and I was trying to talk to everyone. I mean, and, you know, I like find followers that I could tell that I had this new account but then I had um, a live event on Facebook offices where I was doing a pop-up and then I went like I woke up and I was like okay I'm going to talk to someone that has to help me in this event and I was asking everyone that was coming to my booth about it and they somehow they're not connected to the Instagram people they're like the same company but it's yeah, not it's necessarily true. connected so then at the very end this girl came along she loved my stuff and she said oh have you got an Instagram and then I told her the whole story and she goes oh I think I can help you and then I was like oh my god really I was just so excited and then yeah she did she basically had a contact in Instagram and we were going back and forth for a month and then on my birthday in August it came back and I was Happy like birthday. oh my god. <laughs> I know it was like the best birthday present <laughs> and, but seriously it was affecting my mood and my um, yeah, energy and everything and you know, people, obviously, lots of people told me I didn't think you would recover it because it had been so long. Yeah. And then, of course, with being out so long, some followers are not seeing me or not seeing my post so much. So I'm being quite active since I recovered it to be able to get out. Rejuvenate your engagement and everything. Yeah, I mean, engagement. It, it is a real, like, I, I definitely, stories like yours and the fact that Insta just changed the goalposts so much in the past year or two in terms of what content you can create and 
I think for loads of people, it made them go, okay, how much power can I put into the hands of this platform where you were really lucky that you came across that person because Instagram exactly you know Instagram's customer service is virtually non-existent uh, you know and we spend all this time investing in creating content that we don't own and building up contact lists that we don't own that can disappear and it's really quite, yeah. it's really scary um so while I enjoy using Instagram very much and I can thank it for putting me in touch with so many fantastic people that you know I've worked with and who've inspired me I'm I'm really mindful to not give it too much (laughs) like not give it too much power I don't know if that's the right word or over my business and you know that I suppose you know that leads quite nicely on to talking about emails because that yeah that's a business asset that you that that you know meta can't take away from you um i'm so glad you got your account back though no i mean it i just shudder to think and if anybody's listening and doesn't have like their two-factor authentication switched on like go and google that and switch it on so that your account is protected as best as it possibly can be yeah and i and i spoke to a few people lives and on podcasts about not putting all your eggs in one basket yeah so yeah i'm glad i have my newsletter even though it's not huge and we'll talk about it in a second but i just wanted to read something that you that i saw on your website that you uh, wrote about insta that i liked okay and you said insta is the opportunity to edit your own magazine of brilliant stuff that your ideal follower will love so i really like that because i always say that it's like a magazine of your work yeah so, so it's, i just wanted to add that yeah no and i think all of our any and that applies to like a, any blog that you might have or a, a podcast it, it's it's your opportunity to create that like channel of content that is just the right thing that your person is looking for, um, yeah. which is exactly what a conventional, you know, publisher does. It's just now we can all we can all have a go at it, and you know, so it's that's why you can bring all of yourself to your Instagram if you want to, or you can just make it about your work. But yeah, yeah. it's your opportunity to fill a fill a magazine with with things that your people will yeah. find interesting. And I think it's like creating kind of like a little world for your brand or your business. So to to bring people in into your world. Anyway, so uh, we know it's super important to send emails and grow your email list, but sometimes it gets overlooked. And like I know I follow some small businesses that send emails like every two or three months. And I'm thinking, why don't they send it? more often so why is it so important for brands to have a good email list and a newsletter well I think we've really made the point around yeah (laughs) around not having all your eggs in one basket and an email list is a is a really solid asset that you can hold on to for your business it's your list of your most engaged clients your warmest leads and the people that are probably most likely to buy from you if you think about like that sales funnel that people talk about like what you're trying to do is funnel people's attention I don't I hate that word really funnel but it it works you're trying to like so if every if you think about Instagram being the place or Facebook or wherever your first point of contact with with people is so people will discover you on Instagram and you know what Instagram's like it's like you see half a post you miss a post for the next week or two you might see somebody's stories but it's all going past you at speed and there's other videos to watch and da 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 Uh, so you may sort of think I I kind of quite like this person 
Everton and I, 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 I like the look of them, but okay, fine. And then if you're a business owner and you can persuade people to make that little hop from your Instagram onto your email list, like then you've really got their attention. Like, you know, yeah, if somebody, if somebody hands over their email address, they're like, I want to hear from you. I'm inter- I'm definitely interested in what you're selling and what you're doing. And I would, I give you permission to come into my inbox and talk to me there. And when I started emailing, I was like, really? People want emails? Are you sure? Are you sure they're not just going to delete them all? Who reads emails? And I started a newsletter and almost straight away, it was like, wow, okay, this is great. You get this lovely interaction. People really appreciate it if you send them an email that they enjoy. And when I sell things, it's the people on my email list they're the people who buy my products yeah I get about I work out that it's 80% plus of my sales come from my subscribers really yeah I would say so and I have fewer subscribers than I have Instagram followers so there are there are much there are more valuable connection Um, I'm not saying that's going to be the same for every business you know what you do is super visual and being on Instagram is like gorgeous way to show that off but again if you can, what it, I always say, Instagram plus emails equals income. And that's kind of how, yeah. that's how the things work together for me and a lot of the people that I work with, because, you know, people don't miss emails. They You can go in on, on a, a Saturday morning and go, I'm doing free postage for the next 48 hours. Do you want to get my thing this weekend? And that will work better, I promise you, than running a similar offer on Instagram if you run it on yeah. your emails. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or some people might miss the post on Instagram and then go and see you in the emails. And yeah, you have like that direct contact with them. And uh, does it, did it take you a long time to, um, kind of like bring the people into your newsletter? Was it like, is it like a gradual thing that (sighs) you, it's, I mean, I suppose it's like inst- like no, no audience growth is easy, sadly. Like, you yeah. know, the, the, growing an Instagram audience takes uh, takes years. Growing an a, a sub- email subscriber list takes years. But it kind of, I do, uh, people end up on my subscribers list in different sort of ways. They come from Instagram. It might come from booking a course or a workshop. I might run a special offer or I might be giving away what they call a lead magnet, which is when like you give something away for free. Or yeah. I'm, um, and they, and they give you your email address in um, in exchange for that. Or I might be on Instagram saying I've got this this newsletter and thousands of people read it every week. And would you like it? So I'm just trying. I try to pop up regularly on Instagram on my um, website and invite people to sign up in lots of different ways. Whether that's running discounts or early bird offers, or there's all kinds of ways you can incentivize people, and then just gradually those numbers grow. Yeah, totally. I think I have to remind people a lot more. Yes, <laughs> because yeah. apart, apart from yeah, apart from my pop-up, which I obviously have a pop-up on my website where I offer 10% discount. And that works. And then people say, yeah, that works. Product business that does work. Yeah, that's that works. And also when people take some freebies from my website, they have to go through kind of like a as if they're buying the item but it's free. Mm-hmm. So they might leave the, the the email as well and then but now I've got another side of my business and I'm thinking how can I incentivize people to you know come into my newsletter because it's quite new side of it so for those people that don't have a newsletter and wondering how to start what what kind of um, top tips to get started um so a newsletter is again it's coming back to that magazine 
description. Your newsletter is um, classic content marketing in that it is an email that you would send normally regularly to your clients every week, every two weeks, every month. Um, That probably does a bit of storytelling around your business that might share some tips and recommendations. It might show some work from your studio. It might showcase some of your products, but also talk about wider things that might interest people. Like I've been to see this amazing play or have you got this app? It's awesome. Or do you follow, you know, Doodle Moo on Instagram, whatever it might be. So it, it tends to be writing a kind of love note to your customer or your subscriber to remind them that you exist every so often. So that's one kind of email that you can start to send. But you can also just send emails that sell your work. You know, if yeah. I if I think about what a lot of the e-commerce businesses that I'm subscribed to, they're not really sending me a lot of newsletter type content. They're mostly just saying, have you seen our new dresses? Would you like this bag? We've got 20% off this weekend. It's sale time. Though, so you can just send a straightforward selling email. It doesn't have to be a newsletter. But if you like the idea of writing to your people in a more intimate way than you can on Instagram LinkedIn or wherever then then a newsletter is a great place to start and it also gives it also gives you something to tell people about a reason to sign up to your list like if you if you sign up you're going to hear from me exclusive news you know the latest launches whatever it might be if you get my emails and you know if you just pop your email address in here then you'll you'll get them from now on Uh, so you can either start by sending a newsletter or you can just start by selling your products yeah yeah so for my product business I do a bit of a mix but mostly I might announce a new print Mm. or I'll do like a themed one sometimes maybe like a Bowie lovers email newsletter and then I, I highlight all of the things and then obviously for if it's Valentine's or like since Season last one. week I started to talk about Valentine's yes. so slowly putting it in the people's heads yeah so I try to I try to send now every week but when I started I definitely wasn't sending one every week but now now I've got into like quite a nice um, rhythm with my newsletters but I'm not very planned I'm like very much spontaneous like I'm like okay I'm gonna talk about Valentine's I'm gonna talk about this so but occasionally when I don't have much to talk about I'll maybe feature some films that I'm watching or some books that I'm reading and then I kind of feel like I'm switching it up a bit and not just selling but people are here you know but people are definitely here for both and I wouldn't say I'm I'm not super strategic in terms of like I know what I'm going to be writing in my emails in April and that I'm just not I don't work like that I have to sort of write about maybe you're the same I sort of have to write about what I'm feeling at the at that moment you know I can't really like what feels important to me this week or what's you know what's on my mind those are the sort of things that I tend to write about in my emails Um, but I always plan what I do plan and what you've got into the habit of planning is I do plan to email people every single week. And I think if you've got an email list, you are missing a trick if you're not emailing people at at least once a week, at least once a week, especially if you're selling products. And a lot of people find that hard to, they're like, oh, I'm going to annoy people. I'm going to lose subscribers. But trust me, once a week is not very 
frequent for emails if you think about a lot lot of the the lists that you end up subscribed on people are being emailing you every day every other day and that can feel like a lot but most of us our audiences are, are more than happy to receive one email per week from us and that's what yeah. I would always recommend as a sort of starting frequency. Yeah, like, and people that are maybe starting out, maybe aim for twice a week, a month, maybe because oh, then you know, to it, get used totally. to it. If, and... um, yeah, if you if you feel that that's all you can build into your schedule at the moment, like once a month is better than no times per month (laughs) um yeah absolutely for sure but if you uh, it's all about how quickly you'd like to see the results feeding back into your work I suppose because if you're only emailing people once a month and then you know maybe half the people on your list don't really engage with that email that month because it landed on a day when they were busy or they you know they never didn't have time to read it or whatever the reason might be they're going to wait a whole nother month before they might hear from you so that's why if you would like to invest in email marketing and you would like to see the results coming back into your work quickly, I would recommend trying to email more often. And a lot of things can get in the way of that happening. But I think probably the biggest thing I see with people and their newsletters and their emails, creatives especially, is they're just trying to put so much into any one email. Like every email is a complete work of art. Uh, (sighs) And I'm here for things being a work of art, but just make it smaller save some stuff for next week you don't you know don't spend so long on every single one that would probably be how I would recommend if it recommend increasing frequency if you're struggling with that yeah and also what I like is that I don't have to write a lot Mm. so I just write like a small paragraph for one you know one image so uh, it's very image based for example mine because I do obviously artwork and visual things so I find that if I use my template I just kind of like replace images uh, change a little little bit sometimes I feature something from my Instagram and then it doesn't make it like such a massive job so I do them now quite quickly like once you're getting used to more or less what you do and I've seen other people doing newsletters where they have a certain pattern that they follow every yes. oh and uh, so you that's know, a really good idea oh because, yeah, yeah it's the, it's totally the way and you know if you're talking about think about a magazine think about I don't know the Sunday Times style magazine or whatever if you pick it up it's the sa- it's got the same elements in it every single week you know the the columnist who's uh, on, on the front inside page and the one at the back and then there's always an interview with a celebrity and so all the all the journalists who build that magazine have to do is fill the same buckets each week and and put it all together and if you have an email I really recommend breaking it down in the way that you've just described like you know every week I've got three or four product pictures I might make one recommendation I'll share a podcast I've been listening to and that's it job done you know three things that go into it every single time it makes it so much easier yeah that's really good and uh you know main difference between maybe a product-based business newsletter and a service-based a newsletter that we can share yeah I would say uh, I mean I must I have a service-based business I sell courses and yeah workshops, so my um, email sadly doesn't have lots of beautiful pictures in it um, <laughs> I wish it could have I do use imagery obviously but that's not that that's not the, the core thing that people would be hoping to get from it I always I treat it a bit like a diary and I always start my email off with a reflection from the week how I'm feeling about work or something that's occurred to me um, 
Um, like I made a little note on my phone yesterday to talk about Instagram energy because that's been on my mind that you know the topic that we covered at the beginning of this that's conversation good, yeah. so I always kind of start off with a little note from my desk which yeah. quite often if you have a product-based or a knowledge-based business you can share a thought or um, uh, an inspirational quote or something like that that will be a bit of brain food for people um, and yeah. then I would go into you know you could recommend books and things that will lead people to you know think about things slightly differently a YouTube video that you might have seen or I have some great email newsletters that really are just about I suppose thought leadership like if you were a, yeah. if you were a life coach or something like that you could just share a very short learning or piece of inspiration or a tip for how you can switch up the way you're thinking about something uh, and it could only be a hundred words long and you just share something like that every week and that would be your newsletter it would be done yeah exactly like yeah inspiration you could have like some kind of like pillars of what you do every week and then yeah like anything that pops up then you put it on your newsletter yeah so that's really good and also people don't realize that there are automations that you can do like welcome emails and things like that that make your life a lot easier do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. <laughs> there are some there are some amazing statistics around welcome emails. Um, so a welcome, oh, really? if a, wel a welcome email, if you don't know what it is, is just an automated email that gets sent out to a subscriber as soon as they join your list. So it's yeah. the first email they get. It's like hi, welcome, thank you for signing up to do your move, blah blah blah. But it's the most read email that you will ever send anybody from your list because they you, they get it just at that moment when they are most engaged with you. Like they've made that decision, like, yes, I want yeah. these emails or yes, I'm going to make my first purchase or whatever it is. So they are really into you at that moment. So you've got this great opportunity to kind of introduce yourself, maybe share a little photograph of yourself at work or your team or whoever it might be to tell them what kind of emails they're going to get, suggest they come and follow you on social media or they might want to listen to your podcast or whatever else it might be you have this fantastic opportunity the links in a welcome email are six times more likely to be clicked than the links in any other email oh I that's think, amazing yeah, there I is, didn't know that it's a really really important email to send and I think again another one of the statistics is that a very high proportion, at least 40% of brands don't even send a welcome email, like you'll sign up to the list and they won't get anything. So you, you can send several welcome emails, like you can, like you say, you can set up an automated um, schedule of emails that, you know, people might get over a two week period after, um, yeah. after signing up with you that kind of leads them perhaps towards making a sale or subscribing to something or whatever it might be that you want them to do. But if you do nothing else, do one welcome email. You don't need to worry about a sophisticated yeah. sequence of emails. One nice welcome email that shows you value the fact that people have signed up. They've given you their email address. You love them for that. You want to have a long-term email relationship with them. And if they'd like to go and check out some of the other places that you know you can connect with one another, then this is where we can find each other. And it's a, it's a really nice email, I think, to get when you subscribed. And it's something that everybody who's got an email marketing list should have sorted out. 
Yes, totally. And it's also like really easy because you do it once yes. and you don't have to do it for years. Yeah. <laughs> unless you want to like yeah, um, update it. Have a little look and update it. I would always like put a little yeah. diary thing in to update it every six months or so because all of our businesses shift a little bit over time. Don't yeah. Um, but yes, absolutely. It's job, to, you know, it's one, it's one, you know, sit down on your bum for an hour or so, get that written, get it lined up and going out. And, you know, it should feed directly back into increased follower growth sales subscribers whatever it is you're looking for do it do a welcome email yeah exactly I think I have like three pages I mean three things in my automation and my welcome email Mm -hmm. I've got like welcome like you know the first one that you get then I have another one that tells you a little bit about the business and then I can't remember what the third has but it's still like saying hi and maybe some favorites or bestsellers or something yeah. I think that's what I have oh, that would be a really and nice it's worked one. really well yeah yeah it does um, it will it will that third one especially I bet that quite often will lead somebody to make a purchase and it just it allows people to get to know you a little bit better which is which is lovely exactly and what do you see people doing wrong when doing their newsletters first of all okay crime number one and I was guilty Mm. I was guilty of it for about two years I had a website and I was writing a blog and I was collecting email addresses I was like sign up here to get my emails and then I wasn't sending any emails to anyone (laughs) so I had this list of subscribers and I was never contacting them so that is like the email crime to first deal with is start sending emails like you say even if it's once a month you know start being in touch with those people um after that I would say that people writing emails that are too long too overcrowded too much text in them too difficult to read yes Um, I can't be bothered to read the long ones no it's it's just not like you know maybe there are some emails that you'd get from writers and things and you'd be here for it you'd be like you know I'm gonna get a cup of tea and I'm gonna read this but most of us I would always say if you're going to start an email or you're wondering why your emails aren't working as well as you'd like them to, like monitor your own behavior. How are you going through emails? Like how are you, are you really sitting and reading long yeah. bits of text? And you're probably not. You're just going to be scanning through. Like what, what am I interested in? What are, who do I want to hear from today? So keep it visually as interesting as possible, as easy to read as possible, as easy to scan through and pick out like words you're interested in, whether that's using subheadings or buttons or bold text to draw people's eyes like, you know, across the different bits of the email. And we'll probably only read a little bit of any one email that we get. We'll, We'll look for the bit that we're most interested in. So it's the big mistake, I suppose, is not thinking about how people are realistically going to consume what you're sending them and sitting there and thinking like, right now I'm going to write 800 words about my week. And then right at the bottom, I'm going to put, oh, would you like, would you like to buy my thing? Or would you, would you like to book a, a discovery call? And nobody's got there because they didn't, yeah. get, they didn't get through the rest of the email. Yeah, totally. I'm much more, I'm much better with the ones that are broken up in bits. Mm. And also as a visual person, I do not like to read ones that look like, you know, like just tons of text. Nothing is different breaking it or popping up, like you said, highlight things, make maybe a little bit of a title. And so I can read it easier and I can skim through. So yes, definitely. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, no, good to know. It is so true. I, I, I like, I remember when I was 
working at the BBC and I I mean this is quite a long time ago now and I, I yeah. got some training to write for the news website at that time and they were like you know one sentence is a paragraph if you write and if you go onto the BBC news website even today, you'll see that they write one sentence in a news story and then they have a paragraph mm. break and then they write another sentence and then they have another paragraph break. That is because you've got to leave space around the words for people to digest yeah. them and, and pick out the bits that they're interested in. Um, I call it blobs of text. When I see like blobs of text, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, no, I have not got time for this. Moving, I'll, I'll come back to it later. And then of course you never do. And then you don't, yeah. exactly. And also consistency with your brand is important because I think I signed up to yours and I received it and I, I saw a little bit of red in there and, you know, you have your signature, I think, and, you know, you can see it's connected to your branding and that's also really important, I think, to yeah. to be consistent, like if you... If do you're, because um, um, I get, I get, I have, I, I do, I, I sort of, I pay for some design help in my business. Um, and I had somebody, I had um, Gup who, who does my website and all of my design um, set up some templates for me in my e email marketing platform, okay. which just makes it, it just makes it so easy because it's just a template there and I fill in the the gaps with every yeah. kind of email that I send. Did you, did you, do you do all that stuff? For yourself or do you get people to help? Yeah, no, because I'm a graphic designer. So yeah. <laughs> I am an illustrator, graphic designer. So I'm quite like I do my own website. I do my own emails. And I, yeah, I can kind of easily do the branding. That, that and, comes, that's your, that's your, that's your happy yeah. place. I'd say if that, yeah. I'd say to anybody who's, who is not a natural at that kind of thing, like just Honestly, if you can, if you can find it in your business to pay somebody for a couple of hours to set yeah. stuff up for you, you'll never look back. It's the best money that you can spend to get somebody who can do something easily to do something quickly for you that you would yeah. battle with and you would find it really painful and hard. Just get, just spend a little bit of money on a few hours help getting it all set up. Yeah, and it doesn't. If you if you're having templates and things, it doesn't take that long no. for the designer to no, no, do. No. So then you have like something to work with, which is going to make your life a lot easier. A yeah, lot I think easier. that's a good, yeah, good thing. They will, what about uh, they also? Yeah. Like, you you guys will have a better feel for what visually will work, what's going to be readable and is going to be attractive to the eye, what's going to be suitable across a mobile phone and a desktop. You know, it's a no brainer. Just get a little bit of help, I would say. Yeah, no, that's great. And what about like timings of the day and days of the week? Do you think there's like, do you think you have to be mindful of like when is a really good time? Like, for example, I feel like Friday afternoon, maybe not many people are going to be reading, but then it depends on your audience. Yeah, yeah. Like I like sending on Saturday and Sunday because I feel like people have a bit more time to shop around. Yeah, I think so that's absolutely. It depends. What, what you've just described is, is what, I would always advise anybody who says to me, like, when should I send my email? It's just about thinking about what what kind of email am I sending, about what and to whom, and what's going to be the right time for them or the optimum time for them to receive that message. My newsletter goes out on a Friday morning because it's work related. Mm. So it, I keep it within the working week, but it tends to be a roundup, like a, a look back on the week of the best things that have been in it. So if your if your email is work related, uh, you know you might want to stick it in out in in the morning on a weekday, Tuesday morning, or something like that. 
yeah. or towards the end of the week if you're kind of wrapping things up and reflecting. Um, if you're selling a, a product, when are people going to be buying that kind of thing? Would it be sitting on a Thursday evening, watching telly at 8 p.m.? Like for you, you're at home, you're thinking about the house. Would you maybe like, would a Sunday morning be a lovely time to receive that email? And then just try a few options. But think about when people are most likely to want to receive a message about what you do. When are they going to be receptive to that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it all depends on what kind of customers and clients you have. And what about email marketing providers? Do you have a favorite? Like I'm now working with Clavio for my products. Yeah, I was going to say that's good. That's a good e-commerce platform, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good for Shopify, and it's also really good for segmenting and doing automations and things like that. And then I use I started using ConvertKit, which I'm getting my head around for my other business that I've just started. What, what's your other business? Is, so it's more about mentoring oh, and helping okay. other small businesses. Lovely. Because I started mentoring last year and I really enjoy it. And I think I might develop a few courses, say, about branding oh. and <laughs> other things that people really need. Yes. So, yeah. So I that's kind of like service is a bit new for me. So. Yeah, that's so I mean, cool. although I've been a designer and I design for other people as well. But, you know, um I kind of like opened another website and yeah. Yeah, but you know, you have so much to offer in terms of people who would who would like to to do what you've you've done with Doodle Moo. Uh, I think it's it. I think that's a really obvious, natural way to take it. Um, in terms yeah. of, um, I have only got direct experience of using Mailchimp. That's what I've used since it started, and I'm afraid I'm a bit of a creature of habit. I'm like, I know what I'm, <laughs> I know what I'm doing with this platform. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Um, uh, although I'd say it's quite expensive. Integrates really well with all the different kind of websites that you know you might be you know I've got a WordPress website and it integrates ever so well with that so um, I'm, I'm comfortable with MailChimp but I would say it's probably on the more expensive end um, I find I'm getting a lot of positive reviews from people I work with about MailerLite they seem to okay. find yeah they seem to find it very very user friendly and um, especially in terms of doing things like sending automation segmenting their lists so that means sending an email to this group of people and not that group of people. Um, the other one for people who are are visual, Flowdesk. Um, is, oh yeah, I've yeah. heard of that one. Yeah, Flowdesk I think allows you to create some really simple, attractive templates within it, uh, and I get some lovely emails, and I can kind of tell when they've come from Flowdesk because of how they look. So those are the ones that I probably have the most experience with. But you know, some people even use. Uh, Substack, which is just a newsletter provider if they just want to send out the written word and they're not connecting out with a website. One thing I would say, you don't need to have a website. You don't need to have your website finished. Just choose a platform and go with it and start collecting email addresses. It's actually relatively easy to move your list around to a different email you know, platform if you want to further down the line. Most of them have a, a free package to begin with. And you won't have to start paying until you've got X number of subscribers or you want to send out X number of emails. So don't get stuck. To, like, yeah, yeah, don't, don't get, get stuck, stuck on that. It's just don't sweat it. Just choose one and, and go for it. Yeah, I think MailChimp is very well known. So people kind of like have heard of it. And I used to have MailChimp before I went to Clavio. And I really liked it. The thing is that then it had like a little 
issue with Shopify and I was recommended to change and to get more complex stuff on Klaviyo. So I really like it. But so if you're making money from sending emails, then it makes sense to have, you know, the one that works for you. But yeah, like you say, you can start with a basic one and then move about to and emigrate when you feel ready. Mm. And more... you, would you recommend Clavio? Because that's really interesting for me. I can recommend it to people. Do you, do you uh, found yeah, it? Yeah, it's really good, but it's much more expensive. Is it? okay. <laughs> it's a bit more, more definitely more than MailChimp because um, you pay more for less subscribers. But oh, okay. I feel like, yeah, it has, it has a lot of trainings and it has a lot of segmentation, which is like you can be super specific about the segmentation. So if you get more complex, yeah. and you want to segment then it's really good so hopefully but I still haven't got things. yeah I still yeah. haven't got like uber uh, whiz but I um I've been doing some training with Clavio this uh, year to get a bit more into segmentation and things like that so yeah it's like so much to learn oh time. my god and we're <laughs> only one person we are only one person exactly you know. yeah. so what is your super top tip for a small business my soup, my one super top tip: don't stop. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> no, that's good. I think, that's good. That's good. <laughs> is that okay? Um, like yeah. I've had, so I'm five years into what I'd call my project. I think for the first couple of years, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have called it a business, and then maybe for the past three years, I've been running what you could, you could really, you know, you could call a business. And there have been yeah. times when I've questioned myself deeply there have been times when life things have got in the way um and there are times when I've made mistakes and I felt like stopping and when that comes along I always seem to get little messages from the universe that just whisper keep keep going even if you can't keep going at the the rate and effectiveness as you uh, that you'd like to ha have for this at the moment even if you're feeling nervous or questioning everything if you keep going you get out the other side of it to a place of greater clarity and you can enjoy it again and feel okay but if you I feel like if you stop it's really hard yeah. to start again so don't stop well if this makes you feel any better I am always questioning myself so <laughs> I think, like, I, think I think it's like a, uh, when you own your own business and you, when you're a creative and you're creating your own things you're always going to go through that kind of roller coaster of like one day you love it one day you're like oh my god what am I doing this and it's like a constant it's a constant, uh, I don't think in a in a yeah. conversation and it, and it's just also completely part of you know being your own boss and not necessarily having somebody to bounce ideas off uh, all the time exactly. and you you know you're having to make all the decisions yourself and you know and even if you've got you know a great partner or great business buddies that you can go to you know it comes down to you and we get things wrong and and it's often when I say to my followers or my subscribers oh I got this thing wrong and everybody's like oh did you I get things wrong as well as if as if we didn't as yeah. if you know as if we're all sitting here thinking nobody else is making mistakes it's so mad but um yeah. but if you can keep going if you can keep going, you usually find a way out the other side. Yeah, that's really good advice. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, totally. And so where can we find you? Where are you most Act well, active? Well, obviously, yeah. you can get obviously. my emails. I will send you, um, I'll send you like a sign up link to my emails and you can maybe pop it in the show notes if people want to, yes, people want to get I my, I have a weekly newsletter that's for creative marketers, people who are promoting their work online. 
But yes. you can just look me at Helen Perry on Instagram. That's probably the quickest, easiest way to find me. I'd love to meet some of your gang. Yeah, no, that's great. And you have also quite a few freebies on your website, which uh, are quite yeah, useful. I do. I have a nice marketing email template that you can follow to structure your sales messages. You could go and get that right away if you wanted a freebie. And I've got a podcast as well. Who, you know, you can hear from some other great business people on there too. Yes, that's really great. Thank you so much for coming to the show. I've loved the conversation. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice to chat. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. So that's all for today. I hope you really enjoyed the show. And you can connect with me on Instagram at doodle underscore moo. My website is doodlemoo.com. And I also have a new website called studio-doodlemoo.com where I do my mentoring and my courses. So I love to know what you think about the show and if you have any suggestions of who I can invite, I'll be happy to, to chat. Thank you. Bye.